Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the 20th day of February. Welcome. And we are cruising through this month. This is the last full week of February, and then we have a few days next week. But welcome. Hope you are enjoying your day, enjoying your week. So my family, the team that is in Israel, they have officially begun their pilgrimage back home. Yesterday was the last um, the, the last day, the final dinner, and so they went to bed and then had a, a wake-up call and headed to the airport uh, this morning, I believe. I don't know how that translates in our time. I'd have to, I think, in the middle of the night for us. So they are officially making their long travel home. Um, so just keep praying for them, and we'll, we'll let you know as soon as they are home safe and sound. But um, yeah, I'm glad that the way that reading works this year is that um, I got I get to read while my mom gets to come home and rest and recuperate because that trip is beautiful and it's profound and it's so impactful, but it takes a lot out of you. And then traveling in jet lag, whew, that is a whole nother thing to try to um, bounce back from. So anyways, I'm, I'm glad that it worked out this way. The Lord just knew. He knew. So anyways, here we are today. We are continuing in the book of Leviticus with chapters 22 through 23. And we are in the New Living Translation for this week. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons to be very careful with, this, with the sacred gifts that the Israelites set apart for me, so they do not bring shame on my holy name. I am the Lord. Give them the following instructions. In all future generations, if any of your descendants is ceremonially unclean, when he approaches the sacred offerings that the people of Israel consecrate to the Lord, he must be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. If any of Aaron's descendants has a skin disease or any kind of discharge that makes him ceremonially unclean, he may not eat from the sacred offerings until he has been pronounced clean. He also becomes unclean by touching a corpse, or by having an omission of semen, or by touching a small animal that is unclean, or by touching someone who is ceremonially unclean for any reason. The man who is defiled in any of these ways will remain unclean until evening. He may not eat from the sacred offering until he has bathed himself in water. When the sun goes down, he will be ceremonially clean again and may eat from the sacred offerings, for this is his food. He may not eat an animal that has died a natural death or has been torn apart by wild animals, for this would defile him. I am the Lord. The priests must follow my instructions carefully, otherwise they will be punished for their sin and will die for violating my instructions. I am the Lord who makes them holy. No one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offerings. Even guests and hired workers in a priest's home are not allowed to eat them. However, if the priest buys a slave for himself, the slave may eat from the sacred offerings. And if his slaves have children, they also may share his food. If a priest's daughter marries someone outside the priestly family, she may no longer eat the sacred offerings. But if she becomes a widow or is divorced and has no children to support her, and she returns to live in her father's home, as in her youth, she may eat her father's food again. Otherwise, no one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offerings. 
Any such person who eats the sacred offerings without realizing it must pay the priest for the amount eaten, plus an additional 20%. The priest must not let the Israelites defile the sacred offerings brought to the Lord by allowing unauthorized people to eat them. This would bring guilt upon them and require them to pay compensation. I am the Lord who makes them holy. And the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons and all the Israelites these instructions, which apply both to native Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. If you present a gift as a burnt offering to the Lord, whether it is to fulfill a vow or it is a voluntary offering, you will be accepted only if your offering is a male animal with no defects. It may be a bull, a ram, or a male goat. Do not present an animal with defects, because the Lord will not accept it on your behalf. If you present a peace offering to the Lord from the herd or the flock, whether it is to fulfill a vow or a voluntary offering, you must offer a perfect animal. It may have no defect of any kind. You must not offer an animal that is blind, crippled, or injured, or that has a wart, a skin sore, or scabs. Such animals must never be offered on the altar as special gifts to the Lord. If a bull or lamb has a leg that is too long or too short, it may be offered as a voluntary offering, but it may not be offered to fulfill a vow. If an animal has damaged testicles or is castrated, you may not offer it to the Lord. You must never do this in your own land, and you must not accept such an animal from foreigners and then offer it as a sacrifice to your God. Such animals will not be accepted on your behalf, for they are mutilated or defective. And the Lord said to Moses, When a calf or lamb or goat is born, it must be left with its mother for seven days. From the eighth day on, it will be acceptable as a special gift to the Lord. But you must not slaughter a mother animal and her offspring on the same day, whether from the herd or the flock. When you bring a thanksgiving offering to the Lord, sacrifice it properly so you will be accepted. Eat the entire sacrificial animal on the day it is presented. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. I am the Lord. You must faithfully keep all my commandments by putting them into practice, for I am the Lord. Do not bring shame on my holy name, for I will display my holiness among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who makes you holy. It was I who rescued you from the land of Egypt, that I may be your God. I am the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, which you are to proclaim as official days for holy assembly. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of complete rest, an official day for a holy assembly. It is the Lord's Sabbath day, and it must be observed wherever you live. In addition to the Sabbath, these are the Lord's appointed festivals, the official days for holy assembly that are to be celebrated at the proper times each year. The Lord's Passover begins at sundown on the 14th day of the first month. On the next day, the 15th day of the month, you must begin celebrating the Festival of Unleavened Bread. This festival to the Lord continues for seven days, and during that time, the bread you eat must be without yeast. On the first day of the festival, all the people must stop their ordinary work and observe an official day for holy assembly. For seven days, you must present special gifts to the Lord. 
On the seventh day, the people must again stop all their ordinary work to observe an official day for a holy assembly. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you enter the land I'm giving you, and you harvest its first crops, bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cutting of your grain harvest. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest will lift it up before the Lord, so it may be accepted on your behalf. On that same day, you must sacrifice a one-year-old male lamb with no defects as a burnt offering to the Lord. With it, you must present a grain offering consisting of four quarts of choice flour moistened with olive oil. It will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You must also offer one quart of wine as a liquid offering. Do not eat any bread or roasted grain or fresh kernels on that day until you bring this offering to your God. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you bring the bundle of grain to be lifted up as a special offering, count off seven full weeks. Keep counting until the day after the seventh Sabbath, fifty days later. Then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves of bread to be lifted up before the Lord as a special offering. Make these loaves from four quarts of choice flour and bake them with yeast. They will be an offering to the Lord from the first of your crops. Along with the bread, present seven one-year-old male lambs with no defects, one young bull, and two rams as burnt offerings to the Lord. These burnt offerings, together with the grain offerings and liquid offerings, will be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Then you must offer one male goat as a sin offering, and two one-year-old male lambs as a peace offering. The priest will lift up the two lambs as a special offering to the Lord together with the loaves representing the first of your crops. These offerings, which are holy to the Lord, belong to the priests. The same day will be proclaimed an official day for a holy assembly, a day on which you will do no ordinary work. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields. Do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. On the first day of the appointed month in early autumn, you are to observe a day of complete rest. It will be an official day for holy assembly, a day commemorated with loud blasts of a trumpet. You must do no ordinary work on that day. Instead, you are to present special gifts to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, Be careful to celebrate the Day of Atonement on the tenth day of that same month, nine days after the Festival of Trumpets. You must observe it as an official day for a holy assembly, a day to deny yourselves, and present special gifts to the Lord. Do no work during that entire day, because it is the Day of Atonement. When offerings of purification are made for you, making you right with the Lord your God, All who do not deny themselves that day will be cut off from God's people, and I will destroy anyone among you who does any work on that day. You must not do any work at all. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. This will be a Sabbath day of complete rest for you, and on that day you must deny yourselves. This day of rest will begin at sundown, 
on the ninth day of the month and extend until sundown on the tenth day. And the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Begin celebrating the festival of shelters on the fifteenth day of the appointed month, five days after the Day of Atonement. This festival to the Lord will last for seven days. On the first day of the festival, you must proclaim an official day for a holy assembly, when you do no ordinary work. For seven days you must present special gifts to the Lord. The eighth day is another holy day on which you present your special gifts to the Lord. This will be a solemn occasion, and no ordinary work may be done that day. These are the Lord's appointed festivals. Celebrate them each year as official days for holy assembly by presenting special gifts to the Lord, burnt offerings, grain offerings, sacrifices, and liquid offerings, each on its proper day. These festivals must be observed in addition to the Lord's regular Sabbath days, and the offerings are in addition to your personal gifts. The offerings you give to fulfill your vows and the voluntary offerings you present to the Lord. Remember that this seven-day festival to the Lord, the Festival of Shelters, begins on the fifteenth day of the appointed month. After you have harvested all the produce of the land, the first day and the eighth day of the festival will be days of complete rest. On the first day, gather branches for magnificent trees, palm fronds, bows from leafy trees, and willows that grow by the streams and celebrate with joy before the Lord your God for seven days. You must observe this festival to the Lord for seven days every year. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed in the appointed month from generation to generation. For seven days you must live outside in little shelters. All native-born Israelites must live in shelters. This will remind each new generation of Israel that I made their ancestors live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses gave the Israelites these instructions regarding the annual festivals of the Lord. So again, today we have so many conversations of rest and the Sabbath and the Lord is taking it so seriously that he's saying, if you don't observe this day, the people who don't observe it will be put to death. And there's part of my brain that's like, okay, the Lord is really serious about rest. He's like really serious. Do no ordinary work. And this is still observed in the Jewish culture. And so I, I'm like, okay. One, I think in our Western culture, rest is almost viewed as weak or lazy. And like you have to earn it, or you have to deserve it, or you rest when you're sick, but only for like a day and then you got to get back to work or got to get back to whatever. But the Lord is saying one day out of the week, you need to rest. And he's not asking us to do something or telling us to do something that he didn't do himself. We have the very beginning of the Bible. It talks about on the seventh day, God rested. And he said that that was good. So it's good for us to rest. And so I think that this is, I mean, the word says this should be a forever law. It should go from generation to generation. And I'm not picking up that that was said about too many things. And so, especially in our Western culture, like this is not observed, this is not reverence, this is not something that we put into, into play. Uh, and I wish we did because our bodies really do need it. Like the Lord knew 
If the Lord himself needed to rest for a full day, he knows that we need we need to rest for a full day too. And so I I'm like kind of convicted of this because I feel like you know my husband works Monday through Friday 8 to 5 and so the weekends are our time to have fun, to get out of the house and go do something. And I'm just realizing actually there's a lot of value in resting. And that's something that Ben actually does really well is he is like, hey, I need to rest. <laughs> I work all week. You work all week. You got to rest. And I'm like, no, we got to do something. I don't like to rest. It feels pointless. But it's the unwinding. And to ask yourself questions, why do I feel like I can't? Why am I uncomfortable in this, in this rest, in this downtime? Why do I feel like? My eyes are scanning the room to see, oh, I should go dust my floorboards or wow, I should really vacuum this. Oh, I got to take this upstairs or um, let me, I got to do some laundry or oh, wow, I need to go get groceries or you know, whatever it is. And so the, the sweet thing about this is you can prepare the day before, like just some practical things. You could meal prep the day before. You can get your groceries. They have this really cool service things where you can order groceries to your house. I sure as heck subscribe to that. Um, it makes my life way easier. I'm trying to think of other things. You could, if cleaning your house feels important to you like it does for me, you can do that the day before. Um, there's all of these things to where you have a full day of rest. And this can look different for everybody. But I encourage you to, if you're married, to sit down with your spouse and be like, okay, is, is this important to us? Why or why not? If so, okay, what does this look like? What's your idea? What's your expectation of this? Okay, what does this look like for our kids or for our, our, our whole family unit? What, what, what does rest look like? Now, I don't know that it means laying in bed all day. Sometimes that would be awesome, <laughs> especially as a parent, but... It may look like that for you, you know, if you work a really hard job or you just need it, like, that's great. If that feels like rest, great. If it's being outside in nature and just going for a walk and that feels like restful to your soul, that's great. Figure out, like, literally just have a conversation, sit quiet in your spirit and ask yourself, ask the Lord, show me, God, like, what do you have for me that's restful? What are some ideas that you have Lord how can I rest in you how can I rest with you and how can I you know model this for my family because that's something that I'm trying to be mindful of is man I don't want Reagan to just see that a clean house is important right I'm like constantly remembering this story of Mary and Martha and Jesus I always get them mixed up Jesus tells Martha I think it is um listen Mary has chosen what is right or she's chosen what's more important. And what captures my attention is that he doesn't say what's important. He says what's more important. And so that makes me think that, okay, those things are important, right? Like to have a clean home, to have food in your fridge, on your table, those things have value. We need them. What's more important is to be present with the Lord and to be in his presence. And so I'm trying to model that to Reagan and it's hard and that's work for me. Um, to be like, okay, let's spend time undivided together. I'm going to read my devotional. You get to read right next to mom and just like carving out that time together. And that feels like rest for me. Now that's just during the week. And so just asking the Lord, what feels the most important 
How do I rest? Show me, Lord. When I feel that urge, that desire, that temptation to get busy, would you quiet and still my soul? So, Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you care and love us enough to say that we need to rest and that you know our bodies and you know that we go, go, go. And Lord, I just pray that we would be a people who listen to your word, that we listen to our bodies and realize, yeah, we're, we're tired. We're feeling run down. I need extra sleep. I need to go outside. I need a nourishing meal. I need sunshine or I, I need community. I need to, to get out of the house. I need to stay in the house. Whatever it is, God, I just thank you that you'll show us when we ask you. I pray that we would just be mindful and conscientious of these things and that this would be something that we carry in our family and from generation to generation, just as you have said. And so I thank you for your word today, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So like I said at the beginning of today's uh, podcast, the team is heading back today and... Um, it's a long, it's a long journey and they have a long layover and um, just be praying for them because truly there's nothing like being jet lagged. If you've ever been jet lagged before you understand, but if you're not, if you've never been jet lagged, m- maybe you've been a parent to a newborn. It's kind of like that. And if you've not been a parent to a newborn and you've not been jet lagged, just pray for them because it's, it's, it's brutal. Um, yeah, just pray for safe travels, for favor that they could possibly get back home sooner from their long layover. Um, Just something miraculous to happen so that they're not stuck in the airport for eight hours. But if not, then just for for sound minds and good moods and (laughs) all the things, because when you're so tired, it's so hard to think logically. Like it's just, it just is, it's so hard. So thank you for praying for them. I know that they appreciate it. I appreciate it. So excited to see them. I have a little one who is so ready to see her Mimi and her Pop Pop and Uncle Zinky. She's been asking for them every day, every day. So it'll be a sweet reunion. That is all for today. I'm China. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, Deb family. Um, this is Pam from Utah calling. I called uh, a couple weeks back to ask for prayer for my son, Scott who um, is 34 and is going to be undergoing uh, open heart surgery for uh, aortic aneurysm. They have changed his um, surgery date from the 15th to February 27. I'm praying that date sticks, but, um, and I also have confidence that God's timing is perfect, and so that uh, brings me comfort. I'm also comforted in knowing that this whole community is uh, praying for him. And I just want you all to know that I'm also praying along and for all of the prayers that come in, um, for all of the things that are just happening in this world, and um, issues that people are, are, are just going through. Just know that I am praying for all of those as well. Um, I thank you all for everything and uh, I'm comforted in um, God's timing and knowing that the community is praying a lot.
Hey, my incredible dabs, C-Fam. This is Kingdom Seeker Daniel. Family, I just want to reach out to a couple of our dabs, Sears. First of all, to our sister Heather from Nashville. Just want to say, sis, L-O-V and I are also in Nashville. So, hey, neighbor. Uh, but let me just say something to you, sis. As I was listening to the DAB a little bit ago today, I heard a sister call in. And she shared something so powerful. She said, we don't have to feel faith to have faith. And let me say to you, you don't have to feel like an overcomer to be an overcomer. You are an overcomer because God says you are. So I just want you to be encouraged that despite how you feel, because you know the enemy always plays with our emotions and our feelings and he comes at us with all the thoughts and the feelings of this, that, and the other that's not right. We, we need to stand on the word of God. And the word of God says that Heather is more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So that's where you need to stand. And that's where you need to rest your head. So Father, let your daughter know that she is an overcomer in Christ Jesus. And then for Emma from Indiana. Father, I pray for our sister as she is making do while her husband is training away 10 hours. I ask that you would give her wisdom and the ability to maintain the home while her husband is away. Be with her husband and let everything work together for him. Give him success in his training and then bring them back together at the appointed time. But in the meantime, let everything work together for Emma. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, family. Hi, family. This is Jody. I am calling to ask for prayers for my husband. We are currently separated, and I have been thinking strongly about different things he has said, reactions he has had over the last year or so. And I fully believe that he has somehow come to be demonically possessed. His response to anything biblical in his life, the reading of the Word, me listening to Daily Audio Bible, uh, even going to church, he responds in pure anger and yelling, don't preach at me, and just anything having to do with God's Word, he is repelled by. And he has chosen to walk away from our marriage uh, due to my commenting on on his temper and on some sins that he is choosing to keep in his life that are not conducive to marriage whatsoever. So please pray for him. Pray for deliverance from whatever has a hold of him. Pray that he will return to the Lord and return to his family. We love him dearly, and he is not safe to be around. And it was not my choice to be separated. It was his. But there's a lot of work that God needs to do before he is safe to be around. So just please pray for our marriage, pray for him, that God would do whatever he needs to do to bring him back to the Lord and back to his family. Thank you so much. Hi everyone, my name is Ian and I'm calling from the UK. This is my second year going through the Bible with you. Um, it's been a, an eye opener for me, I love it. I also love to pray with those that need support. And I'm asking if you would pray alongside me for my wife. 
Yvette. She has been suffering five months now with lower back pain. The doctors think it's sciatica, but they're not sure. She's been saved about two years now, but even being the strong woman that she is, the constant pain she is going through is taking its toll. So please pray for her healing and also pray for wisdom so the doctors can find the cause in order that she may be healed and get her life back. Uh, this is a great praying community and I'm glad to be a part of it. I just want to leave you with a, a verse. It says, James, it's from James 5, verse 15. It says, And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. God bless you all and thank you again.